The following podcast contains spoilers for 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. You have been warned! What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of KFR News Radio. This is your host, Glenjamin Button, along with your host, Miguel Megusto. Charmed, I'm sure. Hmm, I'm sure you are. Yes, how are you doing, Glenjamin? Uh, well, does I got a question. Does the room sound a little bit better now? It does. It sounds like there's things in it. There's and things. It's not, that's just, right. It's just sound waves reverberating off the walls. It's mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. it's nice and I got crisp. A, I got a washer and dryer across the hallway, but other than that, it's it's <laughs> oh, it's almost completely fine. Don't do laundry uh, when we're recording. That's like uh, my my last place since I was in the basement. Had the laundry mm-hmm. right next to my computer. But, uh, yeah, well, luckily, um, this should be the last time I'll be in a weird position as far as recording goes. But I'm trying to finish up the room where I'll be recording in in the future. Um, just coming along one little bit at a time. Yes. Uh, so th- there's that. Yes. Um, moving's With, going great, guys. Don't worry. That's great. I'm glad. Uh, while, you know, I know you've been pretty busy, so I don't expect much from this question. Oh? But since you've been moving, have you seen any movies worthy of discussing? Would you believe I said I went out of my way to go watch a movie? I would, because now I remember which one it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I was going to pick up some uh, screws from Regal, because I'm a maintenance guy at Regal. And so I'm yes. like, oh, let me go get some screws, because I, I work there, and they're, they're my screws. Um, and I need them for screwing things into things. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I was like, holy shit, while I'm there, I might as well kind of see a movie, because I got nothing else to do. I don't have internet. Um so I went to go see the Dragon Ball Super Superhero movie. Yeah. Um, which I'm a big Dragon Ball uh, fan. More or less Dragon Ball Z because this super stuff is kind of, it's just it's just a lot anymore. And there's just so many different color hairs in now that it's hard to keep up. And it, it, you you wouldn't understand, Mike. But as a fan of this, it's, 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 it's like seeing your baby turn blue. And then yeah. purple, and then red, and then green, and then <laughs> it's just go. It's a lot. It's it's. I was actually debating whether or not I wanted to do a like sixty second movie review, but mm-hmm. I would go on for a tangent much longer than sixty seconds. <laughs> That'd be funny if you started as a sixty second review, and yeah. then you just kept going with the timer um, off. But it was it was better than I thought it was going to be. That's um, good. A lot of a lot of people don't want to see it because it's kind of like more of a CGI film instead of animation, mm-hmm. uh, like hand drawn animation. Um, and you know it, it it is distracting for parts, but when it starts getting into the fights and stuff, is when they like actually do hand drawn stuff compared to the CGI. So it's not as distracting once that happens. But like even even so, it wasn't bad as far as it goes do do i wish they had the animation of dragon ball z absolutely is it okay if they don't absolutely mm-hmm. was this movie as good as the last movie absolutely not <laughs> um but uh other than that uh, we saw beast together we did not do a review for it this time we did not we were going to mm-hmm. uh and then i realized that you had hinted that you wanted to skip this week but yeah. I didn't pick up on that until I was already on my way to the theater. <laughs> so then I was like, you but know what? Okay. We could just chill and watch this movie and not worry about a review. 
And what's crazy so. is now we can review it now. Yes. Yeah, or or once we get to your list and then we'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll talk about it when that, when um, that happens. But uh, I end my turn with saying, other than that, I watched 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. <laughs> anyway, I watched 11 movies, uh, four of which were in the past uh, uh, three days, which, you know, normally we record on a Monday. We're recording on a Tuesday or Wednesday. Mm. Wednesday, Wednesday now. Uh, so, you know, that explains why it's a little bit extra. Uh, the first movie I watched, there was a rewatch. All is quiet on the re- all quiet on the Western Front, which uh, is part of the one thousand one movies you must see before you die. That is going to be part of the October episode. No, September episode. I'm trying to get ahead because my September is crazy, so I'm trying to get September done now and then yep. be ahead in October. So yeah, that's going to be September. Uh, but then I rewatched Cars. Uh, first time I've seen it since it was in theaters, decided to put it on, uh, to entertain my, my boy, my son, um, uh, still mediocre, subpar and not good. Uh, in my opinion, didn't save the whole movie. It did not. Uh, it's definitely, I get why like kids like it, but Mm -hmm. also Pixar is best when they're not pandering 100% to kids. Um, that's my personal opinion at least uh then i rewatched nope because my uncle was in town and he wanted to see it and it was the last day i got to see him so we mm-hmm. saw nope and he got scared and went whoa in the middle of the <laughs> theater so that was Love fun him for that yeah he does that like every time we see a movie and something shocks him it's hilarious uh, but yeah uh so also surprising amount of british people in that theater there's probably about yeah. 25 of which, uh, 25 people, 18 of which were British oh, wow. uh, in Oaks, Pennsylvania, which is in the middle, not in the middle of nowhere, but like it's far enough from anything touristy where you're just like, what? Yeah. Uh, like, so well, what are you doing here, chap? Yeah. But uh, yeah, they were all like, <laughs> I love going to the cinema and <laughs> this is my this is my favorite movie I've seen in the cinema this week. Can't just, believe how good it was. I apologize to the entire island of uh, Britain and England and all that. <laughs> so anyone, anyone that speaks with that accent that I was trying to imitate, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. But Nope is great. We have a review for that on our YouTube, uh, but you should check it out. Then we watched Beast. Uh, we both agreed way better than we expected. Yep, surprisingly. It's kind of like a um, you know stuck-in-one-place kind of horror movie where... They're stuck in a car being hunt or stalked by lions mm-hmm. and a little bit of, uh, you know, memories of the movie The Grey with Liam Neeson, mainly because yeah. in that he punches a wolf and in this he punches a lion. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, uh, Idris is great in it. Uh, Char- Charlotte Copley is good in, or Copley is good in it. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it was much more uh, real and grounded than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Like, uh, just the arguments with all the uh, characters. I was just like, this feels like like real people are arguing with each other, and it's all improv. It's kind of hilarious. Yeah. And, like, they uh, didn't try to go too over the top with a lion. It wasn't, like, a super large lion. Yeah. It was, like, a normal size lion. It was a big lion. boy, but it, it wasn't, like, a It was a big like, boy, but, like, a believable big boy. Big boy. Yeah. Um, I mean, granted, wolves are bigger than people think they are, too. So mm-hmm. like the the gray the wolves were relatively realistic in their size, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, uh, enjoyed that for the most part. Uh, gave it a three and a half out of five. I think I did somewhere around there too. Yeah. I forget. 
then for the 1001 movies, this is definitely the October episode uh, of Cinema Bucket List. I rewatched Soul, uh, which if any of you have uh, listened to this episode, uh, this podcast, when I first watched it, uh, I do not terribly care for it. I think it's well made. I think it's got beautiful animation, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, leaves a lot to be desired. Uh, so then I rewatched to fill in the, the desire that that left, uh, rewatched nine days, which is somewhat about the same thing, which is about like spirits before they're born, kind of learning what it is to be human. Mm -hmm. And nine days is a lot better. Everyone should go check out nine days. It is not animated. Uh, it's live action (laughs) and it's fantastic. Uh, so check that out. That is not part of the 1001 movies you must see before you die, but I may or may not replace soul with it. In that list. So we'll find out. Spoilers for October. Uh, Then I watched 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. We'll get into that in just a second. Then I watched The Omega Man, which is a 1971 movie based on the book I Am Legend, which, you know, Will Smith's I Am Legend is also based on. Uh, From what I hear, this one is more faithful to the book. I have not read the book, so I cannot confirm or deny. Uh, I didn't care for this one that much. It had some interesting concepts. Uh, it had the idea that uh, I think was missing in I Am Legend, unless you look at the uh, the original ending that was cut because people are stupid and said, oh, we don't want Will Smith to to, to save people or they're vi- vampire. I forget what happened, but they yeah. changed the ending to be a terrible and Will Smith sacrificing himself. But uh, essentially the vampire zombie people have created their own society. And so that and uh, Will Smith's character would have been like a, a huge terrorist to them. So they put him on trial. That happens in this. And th- that was pretty cool. But then the rest of it's just like, eh. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then I rewatched Sorry to Bother You for the 1001 movies you must see before you die. That will also be in the October episode. You can find out what I thought there. Then I rewatched Top Gun. Also in the 1001 movies you must see before you die. Also the October episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Find that out on Cinema Bucket List in October. Then today, with my boy, my son, oh. I rewatched Zootopia because, uh, yeah, just trying to watch different movies that don't have um, John Ratzenberger because I don't want him to overtake Paul Newman or uh, <laughs> Daniel Shiner as the, my most watched actors this year. So I'm avoiding all Pixar movies. You got it. That I haven't point. already watched this year until until next year. So yeah, Zootopia, solid mm-hmm. movie. It is a really solid movie. Yeah, uh, but that is all I watched this week. Uh, I guess we could just get into Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. I think so. The most vivid scenes from the novel become unforgettable on the screen. The luxurious interior of the submarine, the revelation of the hidden mysteries of the deep. We do our hunting and farming here underwater. The sea supplies all my wants. The mighty harvests of the ocean kingdom. And the strange creatures that menace the intruders on the ocean floor. And after a safe return, the memorable dinner party. Remarkable. This tastes like veal. The flavor deceives you. That is filet of sea snake. I guess this isn't lamb. That is brisket of blowfish with sea squared dressing, basted in barnacles. <clears throat> what is it? 
That's a recipe of my own. Certainty of unborn octopus. <laughs> and to stay in your memory as the most thrilling sequence ever photographed in motion picture history, the terrifying battle with the giant squid. Sent to investigate a wave of mysterious sinkings encounters the advanced submarine, the Nautilus, commanded by Captain Nemo. We are not finding Nemo. He's already there. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Directed by Richard Fleischer. I'm so sorry about that. Uh, Written by Earl Felton, based on the novel by Jules Verne. uh, Starring Kirk Douglas, James Mason, Paul Lucas, and Peter Lorre. I'm fairly certain there is not a single speaking role for a woman in the entire movie. Uh, (laughs) Except for unless you count Esmeralda the seal. (laughs) Yep. There was, I remember one in the beginning and then probably a couple characters. There are two on each arm of Kirk Douglas in the beginning, but I don't think they say anything Mm -hmm. at all. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a sausage fest for sure. Uh, I picked this because yeah, I picked this because when I was a kid I loved uh, Jules Verne. Not well, I would say novels. I only know about this one. I love Jules Verne, H.G. Wells, uh, you know, books like that with like kind of that kind of steampunk sci-fi genre. Um, I of course I was a kid, so I read the abridged versions. I haven't read the full versions, but I read the abridged versions, which are just shorter versions of the full versions. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I also remembered uh, watching the squid uh, attack scene at a Christmas party when I was, like, maybe 11 or 12 and thinking, wow, for the 50s, that's pretty cool. And (laughs) (laughs) I still kind of feel that way. It was pretty impressive for the 50s. Did you quote me watching this movie? (laughs) (laughs) Apparently I did. But, yeah, uh, you know, I I enjoyed this for the most part. I think it's it's a... Fun ride. It doesn't take itself as seriously as I thought it was going to, um, mm-hmm. while also like being, from what I remember, staying faithful to the uh, the source material as much as I remember. Uh, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a, a good ride. I also thought it was a good ride. Speaking of good rides, did they adapt this into some sort of theme ride at Disney? I feel they, like they almost had to, right? They did at Disneyland. Uh, I don't know if it's at Disney World, but at Disneyland, they ha- they had a submarine ride that was based off of this, and you could like see the top of the submarine that you would ride in. And then uh, they replaced it with a Finding Nemo, oddly enough, a Finding Nemo <laughs> ride. Um, of course. So I don't know. I'm sure someone has made that connection before. But yeah, it used to be 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, and then... Somewhere probably early two thousands, they uh, change it to the submarine to Finding yeah. Nemo because uh, uh, they, anyway, they must yeah. kill everything that's old. They have to. I mean, what's the point? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought this was a good ride too. Um, so when I was like, when I started this movie up, I was trying to 
build my PC fast enough mm-hmm. so I could record on there, but alas, I did not make it in time because <laughs> uh, I wanted to blow everything out. But uh, but yeah, I had this on while doing that, and genuinely, like, I was pretty attached to watching it while trying to build stuff. Like, I, I kept, like, breaking my neck. I was like, spray, spray, like, this air duster thing. <laughs> look to the right. Spray the air duster. Look to the right. What's going on? Oh, my God. I got to pay attention. Oh, my God. It's just, like, everything, like, seemed genuinely interesting. And all the characters um, were a lot of fun to just interact with, especially Nemo. Uh, Ned Land was a little too American in a sense, if that makes sense at all. Yeah, he was too, He's, like, frat boyish. Yeah, uh, too like, freedom yeah. freedom fighter. He's like, I can't be chained. <laughs> I'd rather be in a, a, little, a little rowboat in the middle of the ocean than on this ship where yeah, I might be but, restricted somewhat. But, I mean, other than that, I mean, I really had no, you know, qualms with this movie. It was, it was genuinely... Uh, it was wet and wild, shall I say. Dear Lord, I had, yes. I had a time. <laughs> yes, yes, it did. Um, it's definitely, uh, you know, got its restrictions because it was made in the 50s. Like, uh, obviously, going into this, we knew it was about a submarine. So when we first see the submarine, when they think it's a beast, we mm-hmm. know it's a submarine. But I think it would have been cooler if they hid that more and like had it possibly more underwater to for those who don't know exactly what it's about maybe question the fact that it's not a submarine and might be a beast yeah but for they anyone, show it pretty much right away yeah like, anyone that, that like can see the top of that would not think it's a, a beast uh granted obviously people in the late 1800s probably would because uh it was new technology and everything but you know, for modern audiences, they would just as easily be like, oh, what? I know it's not like really supposed to be a twist thing. I just feel like it builds yeah. suspense more from a film standpoint for those who don't know cool what it's if about. It did. Yeah. Uh, and I think it visually would have been more cool to just see like the green eyes approaching mm. from under the water. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, everything from the sets to the stunts, uh, even though some of the stunt doubles are very obvious at times. Um, it's all very impressive. You know, it's a big scale movie for the fifties. Uh, and, um, not that they were unheard of, but you know, they, it's, it, it's for the most part withstood the, te- uh, the test of time. Like it's still, even though obviously it's, it's all on a set, it's still believable to some extent. And, um, I was expecting it to be somewhat faker at, at certain points, uh, but obviously they they filmed underwater some some aspects because they had people in diving suits mm-hmm. um and and walking on the the floor of the probably a fake ocean but an ocean of some kind yeah it's it's genuinely funny to see a movie that has some sort of special effects that are better than most 90s movies like yeah when the it's like a tiger shark or something like that was coming up to the to the divers and then, um, or to Ned and Casile, uh, Casile, uh, I can't remember his name, uh, Peter Lorre's character. Yeah, Con- um, I think Conceal is correct. Um, but and then like seeing it come up to them, and <laughs> you could tell like it's fake, 
but it looked more real than Jaws 2's shark slowly yeah. approaching without moving or, at all. Uh, Jaws, or Jaws 3D. 3 at all. Yeah. <laughs> Not even moving uh, its tail. It's just like, meh. <laughs> yep. Um, it's, that was just genuinely like funny to notice that something f- 40 plus years in the past looked better than something, well, 30 years ago now. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, it was it was it was pretty good. Even the squid, the squid was both really intriguing. Uh, the giant squid that they were fighting at a certain point, mm-hmm. it was really intriguing to see what like a uh, kind of all. I don't know if it was animatronic. I assume it might have been, but seeing that and then like being like kind of taken aback, you're like, wow, that's really cool that they they were able to do all that. And then you hear all the punching noises and you can't help but not to laugh your ass off a little bit yeah. of how calm you're like <laughs> you hear like squid squid suck yeah. it's fucking hilarious. It's so good looking, but it's so comical at the same time. Yeah. I, I think the squid um was not like I think it was part animatronic but part puppet. Uh, mm-hmm. I know animatronics are technically puppets, but like I don't think it was like electric at all, uh, yeah. just because it had to be in water. So it was probably had some kind of pulley system or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm looking at a picture of the behind the scenes right now, and I I don't see I see like a bunch of strings going underwater to the squid. Uh, so my guess is that like it was rigged so like you would pull on something and an arm would whole move. pulley system. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, it's it definitely crazy effects for the time. Uh, I mean the. Jules Verne, uh, along with H.G. Wells, were both known for kind of being ahead of their time, where with this, uh, they talk about essentially the submarine is uh, run on nuclear power, but that was it was before nuclear power was a thing. It was when it was written. Uh, not the mm-hmm. movie, of course, just the book. Um, but, you know, with a, it, it takes a lot of guts when you don't have computers to <laughs> make a movie that based on a book that was so ahead of its time. Because that means you got to come up with things that were ahead of their time, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I thought it was uh really well made. I, it's the the design of the submarine was really cool as well, because it does kind of look like some kind of weird sturgeon fish kind of thing from a distance, of course, and then mm-hmm. you see the rivets. Um, but it, uh, I don't remember how it was described in the book. I don't remember uh, if it is supposed to look like that, but I, I think it was a cool design regardless. Um, so, yeah, it's just a really well-designed film uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and really interesting. Peter Laurie is great in this. Uh, I didn't write down any of his funny moments, but he was, like, surprisingly funny because um, he was kind of, like, the scared character the whole time. Yeah. And, yeah, I th- he was, like, a great addition. I don't think the movie would have been the same without him. Oh, not in the slightest. Um, yeah. Yeah, he was he was great, especially when uh, him and Ned were kind of like committing mutiny, even though they were never really part of the crew. They're like, yeah. "Don't you go spying on me!" and then punches him in the face. He's like, "Why'd you do that for?" <laughs> that was a good Peter Laurie. That there, one, yeah, that, that one didn't sound as Hispanic as the one you tried before we recorded. Yeah, today. I, I I dabble in many different languages. You do, you know? but that one that Peter one was Laurie really good. Is one of them. Um, <laughs> But yeah, his his interactions with Ned were were pretty funny, especially when they were trying to get off the boat. They were like, "We gotta get out of here, man." <laughs> I said that one sounded worse, but still, that, it, it still sounded more Peter Laurie than Hispanic. Uh, so, 
Yeah. But, um, but yeah, he, I wish he had a little bit more. He he did get a good chunk of screen time um, yeah. in the middle there. Um, but it, I feel like it could have been could have been more. But, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not saddened by how much he already was in it. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Kirk, I, I kind of wish Kirk Douglas's character was less of a comedic relief because he also was kind of comedic in this. Uh, but his character wasn't as funny as Peter Laurie's, like you said, just kind of, I don't want to use the word annoying because he wasn't super annoying, but he it, he definitely left a lot to be desired in his character. Uh, kind of wish he, he was, was just more. very gung ho. Yeah. Um, and only knew two songs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> only knew two Which songs. Which drove and he played, me nuts. <laughs> he played both of them. Um, but you yeah, I mean it's a, it's a very interesting movie. It's it's entertaining. It's fun. Uh, it's twenty thousand leagues under the sea. If you don't know what it's about, yeah, it's uh, I don't really have too much to say about it yeah, other it, than it I really does, enjoyed it. It does have me a bit curious because I know this movie has been made a few times. Um, yeah, at least you know from the novel or adapted from the novel, and I'm curious what the other. Uh, ones are like because the one has Michael Caine and if you got is Michael Caine Captain Nemo? Uh, is he Captain Nemo let's find out let's 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 take a gander shall we up oh, and it went right to the 1954 um oh it was a TV movie interesting Ooh. Jesus the fucking ads today the world we live in with ads popping up like crazy drives me nuts yeah I mean, you can't get free things without ads, so... Michael Caine... I can't even find it anymore. Was Captain Nemo, yeah. It was, it was a... Uh, looks like a miniseries, two-part movie. Um, and not, Ned Land is in it, uh, but I don't see... Uh, what's his name? Cecil? Whatever Peter Laurie's character's name is. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't see the professor either. So I think they may have been either added to the 54 version or removed from this version. Yeah. Uh, knowing how books were written in the 1800s, probably removed from this version because a lot of sci-fi books back then were written from like a third-party perspective, um, which would have been uh, the professor. Uh, but, you know, I, I think my biggest problem with the professor in this is that he was all about like the discoveries that Captain Nemo. He was a simp for the discoveries Captain Nemo had made. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Oh no! Okay, so the professor is in the other one, Pierre Ar- Arnox. I forgot what his name was, um, but yeah, he was like. There's a point where they're like thinking they were gonna die, and he was like, "Oh, it doesn't matter. The discoveries will live on." It was like, dude, people first, man. Like, yeah. These discoveries will be made at a later date. It's not a huge deal if you lose these discoveries. Yeah, and I know the library like, of Alexandria and everything, but like, come on. Yeah, there's a point where he's like, I can't get behind you. You're a murderer. And then he's like, well, those discoveries well, those do be discoveries, looking pretty good. <laughs> he, made, he made a salsa out of octopus. Something. Ah, you, what? You, yes, know. pudding. P- pudding, yes. Uh, no, it was... <laughs> He did make a. What did he make the pudding out of? Was it like it was un unborn squid or something like oh that? Oh yeah, it's it really weird. It's, it's like, are these really the discoveries you're crazy about? 
I mean, I know it's it was more about the, the ship. Creaming about. It was more just. There was one point where he said, "Yes, this is the milk from a giant sperm," and then he like briefly stopped for a second and then said, "Whale." whale. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "That's that." They honestly, for a censorship back then, probably had to count the milliseconds between that to see mm-hmm. if it would be censored or not. So I, I guarantee you that they probably paused for as long as they would be allowed to. <laughs> Especially uh, uh, Kirk Douglas's face when he says it too. He's like, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like he heard sperm and then broke his neck. He's like, whale. <laughs> sperm whale. Yeah, I don't know if I drink uh, milk from a sperm whale. And I know we drink milk. Well, I don't drink milk from cows anymore. I drink almond milk. Because uh, I do be pretty good. I never liked cow milk anyway like i only i only drank it as a necessity for cereal that's mm-hmm. the only time i ever had it and now i use almond milk for that so uh yeah look at you there's a little something you know you learn something about me every single day every day but yeah i really like this uh i think uh one other nitpick i had james mason as captain nemo his performance was inconsistent in my personal opinion for mm-hmm. the most part, it was good, but there are a few scenes where, like, he could have really sent it home and just fell flat, uh, in my opinion. But, uh, you know, it's just nitpicking. It didn't detract from the movie at all. Just notes that I, I thought of. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I rather enjoyed it. I did, too. Uh, a lot more than I honestly expected because I know. I'm glad. Because you were uh, rather silent when I picked it last week. <laughs> it, it was, A, it was because of the room. It was very, very hard to not be silent because it was a, just a loud echo. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, I mean, this this was a movie that I've heard about throughout all of my years. Um, and that eventually I know I had to get to, uh, whether or not the movie or the book. I know they're both uh, dramatically famous and uh, I mean, I I definitely enjoyed this more than I thought it would, um, yeah. especially with the Disney name above it. I was like, oh man, <laughs> this yeah. could only go one of two ways, left, left or ways. right. And then we're, they're going to make a ride of it that shut down the majority of the. I went on that ride one time when it was the twenty thousand leagues under the sea, and mm-hmm. then every because uh, my family, my mom's family is from Southern California, so I went to Disneyland a lot as a kid. Anytime I visited them, pretty much. And literally, out of maybe the ten times I went, it was only running one time. <laughs> yeah, that do be so, how they get you. They do that do be how they get you. As mm. uh, I believe was that Tupac Shakur said that. I think um, he did. I think he briefly <laughs> said it for a moment in time. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Amen, brother. Yeah. So that is our review for 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea that brings us to the judgment for 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. As always, it needs to be a unanimous decision whether or not it goes on the KFR shelf with the likes of Apostle and Handmaiden and becomes a little shelf boy that sings a turtle and vertebrae made ukulele song to a seal. Mm-hmm. It's a fever sperm. dream I had once. A sp- sperm. Uh, I go first since I picked. Well... <laughs> Uh, and this was my pick, so I get to go first. Um, you know, I really liked it. I think uh, sci-fi movies uh, are often overlooked, especially from the 50s. I think most people only look for, like, sci-fi horror, sci-fi action nowadays. Uh, this is a kind of, unfortunately, a genre that has gone away, which is sci-fi adventure. Mm-hmm. And I wish we would see more of that. Um, 
So yeah, I think it would it would go on the shelf personally. I I, I enjoyed it enough. I thought it was fun, uh, based off of a classic novel, of course, and really uh, lives up in today's world. Even like yes, different effects for different times, but it's still it's not too hokey. Yeah, I, th- I would agree. I would say it also goes on the shelf. I think the special effects they hold up. Yeah. And although they were a little bit comedic, I think they were still. <laughs> But, you know, punching an octopus and hearing the, the boxing sounds was great. All mm-hmm. we were missing was a little ding, ding, ding. <laughs> but, uh, no, nah, I think I think it was a great movie. Definitely a great adventure as far as it goes. And I think Disney did pretty well for, you know, the 1950s. And, yes. Uh, yes. Now I have to watch Mary Poppins again because I don't remember what that's like at all. Mary Poppins is another... Mary Poppins is another in a line of movies that my sisters watched too much when I was a kid, so now I can't stand them. Uh, mm-hmm. Mary Poppins, Sound of Music, Grease. Can't Mary stand Mary Poppins, it. y'all. Mary Poppins, y'all. So, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea does become a little shelf boy with the likes of Apostle and Handmaid, and that brings us to our assignment for next week. It is Glenn's turn. Yes. To pick Fine. what we shall watch. I went with a little, <laughs> a little goofy one. Ooh. You might love me. You <laughs> might hate me. Ooh. Um, so... Uh, I didn't really have too much time to pick one, so I, I, I picked one that I know I've been wanting to watch for years because I know uh, it's this person's best film that I've never watched to this date. Mm. Um, and now I hate to say his name because you it is kind of a sin to say it. It's by director Michael Bay. Oh, no. Uh, so, uh, yes, for anybody who doesn't know, his best movie apparently is is The Rock. Uh, th- this <laughs> I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, so, The Rock, 1996, not Dwayne Johnson. A mild-mannered, chem- or mild-mannered chemist and an ex-con must lead a counter-strike when a rogue group of military men, led by a renegade general, threaten a nerve gas attack from Alcatraz against San Francisco. Follow it as a state secret, gentlemen. Disclose it to any party and you will be subject to prosecution. John Mason, British national incarcerated on Alcatraz in 1962, escaped in 63. There's no identity in the United States or Great Britain. He does not exist. Secrets have a way of coming back to haunt you. There's a hostage situation on Alcatraz. Hostage, 81 tourist. The Rock's a tourist attraction. The one you train to defend you becomes your greatest threat. A battery of VX gas rockets is presently deployed to deliver a highly lethal strike on the population of the San Francisco Bay Area. And the one you abandon becomes your only hope. You go talk to him. Me? Yeah. Hiya. I'm an agent with the uh, FBI. I'm Stanley Goodsby. But of course you are. At least he got his name right. Now, all that stands between a city and a disaster. The power of this chemical is way beyond anything you can imagine. That's why you're coming with us. Is a man who's never seen combat. You're a chemical freak. <laughs> I'm a chemical super freak, actually. And another who's been out of action for 30 years. Show us on the blueprints. I can't. My blueprint was in my head. Fortunately, some things you'll never forget. But don't worry. 
It'll all come back to me. This summer, get ready to rock. Directed by Michael Bay, written by David Weisberg, uh, Douglas Cook, and Mark Rosner. Stars Sean Connery, Nicolas Cage, Ed Harris, John Spencer, David Morse, William Forsyth, uh, Michael Bain, and just a bunch of other people in there. But this is one that I've, I have been wanting to watch for a while. You might I'm surprised well I've it seen now. it and you haven't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. It, it was just one that went right under the radar. You no, know, no, I, I get that. Um, especially, I, I, I did love me some Sean Connery, and Nicolas Cage was very popular in the 90s. Yeah. So how it escaped my grasp, because I've watched every other Nicolas Cage movie, basically, but this one. Where can we so, find this movie? Uh, believe it or not, this is only on one platform, and that is the Roku channel, mm. or whatever it's technically called. I think it's the Roku channel. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that is free for the most part. Yeah, free. Yep. Uh, of course, with ads. But hey, you mm-hmm. know what? Uh, all you Gen Zers out there who don't remember what ads are, uh, like, you can look away from them and don't have to watch them. And believe it or not, I never like understood why people got upset. nails or something? Yeah. Or I never understood why people got upset about ads. Like, you're getting something for free, and you don't have to pay attention to the part that you don't like. Like, anyway, the only spot I genuinely don't like ads is like on these like internet pages. Like Letterboxd has it now, IMDb. Just it pops it right in front of what you're doing, and that annoys the shit out of me. That is annoying. To the side, it would be fine. That that I agree with. You got to get a a pop up looker for those or or ad blocker. I do, I do, I do. Um, But yeah, The Rock has uh, all I will say has the best sequence with a train or a streetcar. and then I'll talk about that more next week. Absolutely. Yes. So The Rock is our assignment for next week. Thank you, everyone, for listening. As always, you can check out our website at www.keystonefilmreview.com. On Instagram, we are Keystone underscore film underscore review. Twitter, Keystone underscore film. Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok, Keystone Film Review. And on Letterboxd, I am Mike KFR. And I am Glenn KFR. And that will do it until next week when we watch The Rock and see Nicolas Cage make a lot of bad jokes. And it's great. Oh my or not. Goodness, or I, is it? I can't wait. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye.